Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey everybody, happy Sunday and welcome into the Rocky Top Rewind. I'm Eric Kane, that's Brent Hubs. we got a lot to get into here tonight from 8 to 9 o'clock Eastern Time right here at VolQuest.com on the General's Quarters and at VolQuest on YouTube. Please subscribe to the channel if you haven't already, VolQuest on YouTube and like this video. The goal, always to get up to 500 likes. That way the algorithms can get it in front of more Tennessee fans, and, and that is uh, always the goal. But got a whole lot to get into. Spring football, uh, spring scrimmage number one is in the books. I look forward to being joined by a, a former Tennessee offensive lineman, hopefully in the second segment here in about 15 minutes. A baseball coming off a major series down at LSU where it took game three by a score of, it was an Iowa football game score, 14-7. to seven. And uh, we'll have Matt Ray come on and talk a little recruiting because a uh, busy, busy weekend here on Rocky Todd Brent Hubs with a lot going on. Yeah, it was a busy week when you think about it. Tennessee getting a commitment from a quarterback, Jake Merklinger, uh, on Thursday, pro day on Thursday. And uh, hopefully Jerome Parvin's going to be able to join us to talk about kind of his pro day and where he thinks th- things stand for him moving forward. Um, you mentioned baseball, obviously. The transfer portal's wide open in basketball. We had um, – Olivier Cumwa go into the transfer portal. Tennessee's set to bring in a, a transfer visitor from Harvard. It looks like who's going to come in and, and take a look at Tennessee. Is uh, He's got multiple schools to look at, but Tennessee's going to be one of those to get a visit. And as you mentioned, spring practice up and running first major scrimmage. Not a surprise, Eric. We talked about it last week. Defense, I thought, would win this scrimmage. I think you agreed with me. Typically, defense is ahead early, uh, and especially when – your coaching staff says, let's put the ball down and play. Yeah. And uh, that's what they did. And I think Tennessee's defense uh, had a had a good day um, offensively. Some individuals did some things, but no surprise that there were some offensive line struggles in terms of pass protection. And uh, the offense was down a few bodies at the receiver spot. But overall, uh, I think a solid day. And for the defense, not a surprise. I think this is a much more athletic group. So even when they make a mistake, Eric, they're getting there faster than they have probably in the first couple of years under Tim Banks. Yeah, Michael, I see your question over there. We're going to answer uh, some questions here in a little bit uh, once, once we get after um, you know the scrimmage. But yeah, no doubt about it. Um, defense again, it's it's not like you just go out there and play ball. I mean, you have responsibilities, you have gap integrity, uh, you got responsibilities in the pass coverage and all that. But again, at the end of the day, it is reactionary and. You couple that with a very veteran-led group on the defensive side of the football that has played a whole lot of football for Tim Banks, and then you couple that with you know missing three, essentially three for starters from last year's offensive line. You know, for, out there for Saturday, of course, Darnell Wright and Jerome Carvin are gone. You're trying to replace a tackle and a guard, but you know Cooper Mays didn't play in that scrimmage on on Saturday as well, and of course he's he's the center, and you're just trying to figure out timing and all that type of stuff, and so it's no no shock whatsoever that the defense you know, won that scrimmage. It was good to hear that 
uh, especially that first group on defense was kind of getting after it a little bit. I was told that uh, you know the Joshua Josephs looked you know pretty good off the edge, and that was that was that was good to hear. Um, but that t- that uh, group with Tim Banks, they know the system, they know the tendencies of it, and um, as far as the back end, as you mentioned, kind of getting more athletic, it's you know, a little little bit of youth in there that are pushing these guys and interjecting in there and going to making some plays and adding, of course, Gabe Judy Lolly. Um, whole lot of newness in the secondary in terms of just you know guys you know kind of getting their names uh, out there and, and we'll see ultimately if they you know become starters or playing time but uh back ends a little bit more athletic defense had a good day on saturday and that's no surprise yeah and you know you got a couple of great competitions going on um you know i think you mentioned in the back end and then obviously um on the offensive line what, what are they going to look like up front who are their first four uh who are their top four offensive tackles where do they play all of that, I, you know, I think the loss of Cooper Mays for the scrimmage was was a really tough deal for the offense. But in hindsight, moving on, it might not be a bad thing uh, for some of the a couple of those young young centers to learn kind of what what they got to do. It's one thing to stand at the podium and say, "Hey, I've got it right. I, I feel good. I know where I'm at." It's another thing to go in there and say, "Hey, your show. Here we go." And um, so that was probably a good learning lesson for for some of those guys. Maybe made for some challenges offensively and affected your tempo a little bit. But um, overall, probably not a bad thing that that, that happened for Tennessee. Um, Chaz Nimrod made a couple plays at receiver. Um, and, and the you know, tight ends had a couple of touchdown catches. And I think the bigger thing in talking to some people about the tight ends is, you know, they were, they were willing to stick their nose in there and bloody their nose in the blocking game a little bit. Got to improve there uh, fundamentally, technique-wise, but the, the want to – uh, was there. There was a commitment by those guys to try to be physical, which we kind of wondered about, right? I mean, Ethan Davis admittedly is a big wide receiver who's never been asked to be an inline blocker. My guess is McCollin Castle's probably not done a lot of inline blocking, um, you know, Eric at the at UC Davis. Um, yeah. And we know Jacob Warren was a big receiver in high school who has gotten better as a blocker in his career at Tennessee. Uh, but those guys are going to have to show physicality. And I think they they put their best foot forward trying to be physical in scrimmage number one. We'll see how this team responds to scrimmage number two, which would take place on Thursday. Yeah, and I mean, it's not like the offense was terrible. There were no, there were no turnovers from the quarterbacks, which was good um, from what we've been told. And You always want to protect the football. You mentioned the tight ends. I was told that uh, Joe Milton hit Jacob Warren on like a 40-yard skinny post, and it looked really, really good. And then, you know, his touchdown, I believe, to Jacob Warren, from what I was told, had a little, little touch to it. So, you know, that that's that's good to hear. Of course, we're not seeing it, but that's that's some good to hear. Also, hearing that in terms of running backs, you know, Cam Selden's a bit banged up right now. Jabari Small's not in there. So there's a lot of Jalen Wrights, a lot of Dylan Sampson, who uh, had a really good scrimmage, and Deshaun Bishop, a local product, uh, kind of seeing who he is. What can you bring to the table? Getting a lot of opportunities here in spring, and it looks like running some with the twos on Saturday, Deshaun Bishop had a good day. Yeah, and, and I mean, anybody that's watched, you know, Knoxville area high school football and has kept up with, with Deshaun Bishop, he put a ton of yards up, and a lot of us thought he would have more recruiting opportunities than what he ended up getting uh, coming out of Carnes his senior year. Uh, but, I mean, the guy's hard to tackle. Um, he, he really is. And um, I'm, I'm not surprised. I don't think anybody's ready to anoint him anything, but he certainly made the most of his chances on Saturday. And that's what you're looking forward, you know, looking for when you have these guys uh, out there for the first time and, and you, you know, some of these guys are getting their feet wet. How do they respond and how do they handle that opportunity? I think it was big. Chaz Nimrod made a couple of plays. 
you know, was he unbelievable? Is he the next this or that? No, nobody's saying that. But but we talked about it heading into spring. How are those guys going to respond? Um, and, you know, with, with Dante Thornton not really doing anything and uh, Ramel Keaton got a little banged up early, came back in the scrimmage, Brew McCoy's out. There were suddenly opportunities out there for some of those guys, and, and they went out and, and did some things. Chaz Nimrod, I think, has had a good – I thought he had a good week last week. I thought he looked better in routes on air. I thought he ran routes better when we were out there on the practice field. And I think it translated into a couple of plays for him on Saturday. We'll see where he can build and go from there. And That's what this spring's all about. It's about, you know, they have more bodies. They look better. They should be a deeper football team. But there's two kinds of depth. There's depth that says, hey, our roster's got more bodies on it that are athletic. And then there's depth where you say, hey, I can play this guy. Mm-hmm. And so some of these guys who are depth pieces have to go from being just a, a nice body on a roster to a coach saying, hey, I can count on that guy if he's called upon. We believe he can go make plays for us. And, and that's what you're trying to prove this spring. And I think some guys are doing that, and they need some other guys to continue to do that. We had Rodney Garner on the nation tonight, and I asked him specifically about edge rushers. And he said, somebody's got to separate themselves. You know, those guys, he didn't say they were doing a bad job, but he's ready for one of those guys or two of those guys to really take off. You know, is that Roman Harrison? Is that Joshua Joseph? Is that James Pierce? You know, who is that Caleb Herring who, who didn't go through the scrimmage because uh, he's got some knee soreness? Somebody in that group's got to, <clears throat> got to take off. Who's that going to be? We're going to get to some of your questions here before we hopefully get to Jerome Carbon in about five minutes. But I do want to ask you, Brent, uh, kind of the, the schedule for this week. Uh, so they scrimmage on Saturday. They're going to practice tomorrow morning. They're going to practice Wednesday morning. And then they're going to scrimmage again on Thursday. They're going to have the weekend off for uh, Easter weekend. Um, what, what, what do we need to see? What do, we, what do you hope the improvement comes from in terms of Thursday's scrimmage? Um, I would assume that you like to see the offensive line maybe take a step. It's not going to be perfect again, especially, you know, we'll see if Cooper Mays is back in there by then. But um, I would imagine you want to see a little bit more from the offensive line and trying to come together and find a guard and a tackle. You want to see it, you know, continue to keep up for the defense. But, you know, what should we be looking for in scrimmage two later this week? Well, I think big picture offensively, you want to get off to a better start. Okay. And and I, I think the defense, the particularly the one defense early in that scrimmage really controlled things. So you want to get out of the gates and, and play better there. Defensively, you want to finish better. Offense got their feet under them as the scrimmage progressed. And this is something Coach Garner talked about when he met with the media last Saturday was about finishing better. And so those guys have to finish through tempo better that way. As for individuals, you know, I think you want to, you know, again, does somebody emerge a little bit as a pass rusher? Does somebody take any kind of separation or any kind of step there? A little bit more about what that secondary is kind of evolving into and sort of what they're becoming, who takes advantage uh, of that, those steps there. And, you know, you're looking to see out of the young guys who makes a big step from one to two. What do coaches always say in the preseason, right? Or even in the start of the regular season, you make your yeah, biggest game one to game two, yeah. Game one to game two. Same process has to, uh, to be there for you in spring practice, particularly for young guys. Who makes a big step between scrimmage one and scrimmage two? Think about this. Over 20 players went through that scrimmage on Saturday, right at 20 players went through that scrimmage on Saturday who had never put on pads and been in Neyland Stadium before. They'd never been in, they'd never been in there and played. And, and so who handles everything better um, leading up to the scrimmage? Who gets themselves more ready, you know, for the scrimmage? And then who goes out and competes better and performs better individually as they make that step from 
from one to two. Elijah Simmons is a guy we heard a lot about leading up to the scrimmage. I think he was solid. Don't think he was great on Saturday. I think he was solid. Where is he this week? How does yeah. that translate for him this week? Things like that that is that you're looking to looking for, looking to hear about as Tennessee gets through week three breaks for Easter before the final week of spring. I want to get to a couple of questions here before we uh, hand it over for segment number two. Tennessee boy 87 has Slaughter been at safety corner or both. Uh, he has primarily been practicing at cornerback this spring, and that kind of leads us into uh, Michael's question. Um, who looks like the best five in the secondary so far? Any surprises, good or disappointing so far in the secondary or the offensive line? Starting with that secondary, Brents, in terms of who we've been hearing about the most and physically, you know, from you and I and AP and everybody else, who, who looks the best when we're out there? At corner, looks like Slaughter, Gabe Judy Lolly, and hearing a lot about Ricky Gibson. At safety, you're seeing a lot of Jalen McCullough and and Wesley Walker. Are you hearing any other names in terms of safety? Noticing Jordan Thomas is also getting a little run at the star position. Yeah, I mean, I think Jordan Thomas is in there. We'll see where, you know, I think I think if, if Turrentine's going to make a move, he needs to make a move now. I mean, yeah. it's, it's it's kind of go time for him uh, to, to see what that looks like. Christian Charles, can he stay healthy, um, you know, back there? Again, I said this in the chat Monday night. I think it was. If you know somebody asked me who's going to start in game one, I, I bet Jalen McCullough's a starter at safety. Uh, but but we'll see what that looks like moving forward. You got T Mac at, at the star position, but as you mentioned, you got Slaughter getting some run there. You got Jordan Thomas getting some run there. Um, we'll see where Ricky Gibson continues to be, um, and some of those other freshmen. You know, where, where do they show up, and and how do they go about their their business? When it moves forward, the thing you keep hearing about Ricky Gibson is just upside. I don't know that anybody thinks he's the most polished of those freshmen right now, Eric, but athletically, um, the way he competes, I think a lot of people really like his upside. So we'll see how he finishes out this spring. And another good one from Michael here before we hit the reset, replacing Darnell and establishing a backup center uh, for Cooper Mays may be the offense's biggest goals here for this spring. And I mean, that that's, that is something we've been talking about. I mean, Jerome Carvin at guard is a guy that's pretty much started four years. Darnell Wright has started at either left or right tackle for, for four years and played at an elite level this past season. And, and then again, that's that, um, you know, not having Cooper Mays the last couple of days at practice opportunity to say, all right, well, Addison Nichols, do you have what it takes? Can you be that backup center? Are you going to go the veteran route in Parker Ball? Do we need to move Ollie Lane back over to center if needed? Vice and Lang, a true freshman, kind of can you snap the football? A lot of opportunities here, and I agree with you completely. Not having Cooper right now is not the end of the world. It might help you in the long run because you don't have that safety net of Jerome Carbon anymore who can go and snap the football. Yeah, and I think the reality is you're not going to get an answer to those questions this spring. Um, I, I just don't think that's where you're at. I, I think you want to come out of this spring trying to figure out uh, who can help you. Um, where do you think – who do you think can play on the right side? Uh, you know, what two guys you're going to put over there to compete for that job? Where do you think you are competing on the left side and kind of go from there? Um, somebody needs to embrace the right side on that offensive line, probably a little better than they have. Um, but, but I just don't think you're going to find the answer to that question. I think you want to have a better gauge uh, of kind of your maybe who you think your pecking order is going into summer and then who's going to take off and run with it. I, I, I think they're going to play multiple tackles um, in this season opener and, and 
we'll go from there. But we'll see. Maybe it sorts itself out in fall camp, but I don't see it sorting itself out in spring practice. And then we get one more here. Vol guy 23. Who's the third quarterback right now? Is it Gaston Moore? It is Gaston Moore, guy that's been in the system now four years, I believe, coming over with Josh Heupel from UCF. He was the backup uh, whenever Hendon Hooker got hurt for Vanderbilt and the Orange Bowl. Uh, Gaston Moore would be the third quarterback behind Joe Milton and Nico Iamaliava. Hey, we hope to be joined by a guy that performed really well in the Tennessee Pro Day last week. Uh, former offensive lineman Jerome Carbon hope to join hope that he joins us here in the next couple of minutes when we return here on the show. But first, I do want to remind you guys uh, about the March Madness. I mean, it's not just begun. I mean, you've got the tournament title game coming up tomorrow. And if you haven't already, you need to shoot your shots and score big with nonstop action. That's in my bookie. Whether you're filling out multiple brackets, betting on the eventual national championship winner, is it going to be you know down to two teams, right? Or simply looking for player or game props, my bookie has got you covered. Getting started with my bookie is super simple. Visit the online website, make your deposit, and use the promo code VOLQUEST to claim an exclusive deposit bonus. That's promo code VOLQUEST, V-O-L-Q-U-E-S-T. VOLQUEST for some extra money on top of your initial deposit. With hundreds and thousands of prizes in March Madness, weekly blackjack tournaments as well, you can turn your game day into payday at MyBookie. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie. Back for more of the Rocky Top Rewind here in just a minute. Hey guys, welcome back into the Rocky Top Rewind. We do it every Sunday night, VolQuest.com and VolQuest on the YouTube channel. And I appreciate you guys for joining us, leaving your comments over there. We're going to get to some more questions as the show goes on. But right now, I want to bring on a very special guest. He performed very, very well at Tennessee's Pro Day on Thursday and is doing a really nice job in terms of this draft process. That is offensive lineman Jerome Carvin. Uh, Jerome is joining us now here on the Rocky Top Rewind. Jerome, thanks so much for joining us. How you doing tonight? I'm doing good. How y'all guys doing? Yeah, doing well, man. I, pr- I appreciate it again. And uh, kind of when you sit here and, and think back of Thursday and, and what you did, position drills, 40 times, all that type of stuff, meeting with some teams, kind of how would you evaluate your your turnout? How did you do on Thursday, in your opinion? Uh, yeah, in my opinion, I, I did pretty well. Uh, everything that all the teams wanted to see, I kind of checked out all the boxes, if that made sense, uh, as well as uh, in the skill work. Um, showcase all my ability showcase you know my punches showcase uh how well i can move and things like that and uh i think a lot of teams uh thought i did pretty well after the day jerome how stressful is that day um because on from the outsider looking in and i know athletes have confidence you have to you can't be an athlete at that level but from the outside looking in it looks like it would be a really stressful day the day before would be really restless how did you go about it, and how challenging is that day when so much is about a number? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, the day was really stressful, uh, I guess, the day before. But, uh, you know, you, you kind of got to rely on uh, your preparation. You know, you put in, you know, two or so months worth of work, you know, and you grind hard for this for this one day, when this one opportunity to showcase what you have. And, uh, you know, and, you know, I, I relied on my, my training – uh, the guys at Triple F with Lee Smith and uh, with Rich, those guys, you know, did, did perfect with me, uh, had a great plan for me coming in and working out as well as X3 and Fort Myers, Florida, uh, where I was training. And, uh, you know, honestly, after that, man, we're competitors at the end of the day and you go out there and compete. And so uh, that's probably the thing you worried about uh, the day before. I wasn't too nervous about it, but uh, I just went out there and did my thing and I was competing. 
Well, Jerome, kind of adding on to that, I mean, with the stress of the day and all that, and, and I know you're going to go out there and compete, but it's something you and I spoke about. Um, you, you didn't get an uh, you didn't get an invitation to the NFL Combine, so for you, in terms of the physical attributes and everything, like this was it. Um, and, and I think you made the most of it, of course. But did you kind of go into that knowing that you always play with a chip on your shoulder anyway? But you, you needed to go out there and leave no stone unturned on Thursday and everything you did, because again, this is the the only time that these scouts might be seeing you during this draft process process physically. Yeah, most definitely. Uh, yeah, not getting invited to the NFL Combine. Uh, this day had to be important. This day was the most important thing for me. And um, obviously, I took that. Uh, I took it very, you know, seriously. And uh, with that being said, you know, uh, it had to be perfect for me. I had to knock it out of the park. So in order for like, you know, to get the attention from. Um, you know, NFL scouts and GMs and things like that. And so um, yeah, this day was – the day was certainly a circle for me. Uh, I had a lot of time to prepare for it, a lot of time to train for it, and so uh, definitely thankful for that. And, uh, you know, I just went out there and uh, did my thing. Jerome, what's the feedback been since then But for, for you and your agent and, and kind of where do you think things go for you now after Thursday? So, yeah, now, uh, now it's like – you, in terms of you have either top 30 visits where teams invite you to their facility uh, where you can get to talk to coaches and talk to guys in the building, uh, mostly like administration parts of the building and, uh, you know, obviously get physical stuff there. They can't work you out at their facility, um, but they can they can come down to Knoxville and, uh, you know, hold private workouts with, you know, office line coach can come and uh, hold a private workout as well as uh, send up Zoom interviews uh, with O-line coaches and coaches in general, uh, you know, just get more – uh, background information, as well as uh, you know, getting you know, getting to some X's and O's, see what you know, and things like that. And so now it's like the process that we're turned into now before uh, April twenty seventh. Do, do you feel like that there's going to be a good, a, a pretty good handful of those based on the feedback you've gotten from Thursday? Do you think you opened eyes to generate some of those kind of visits, whether it's either you going to a team facility or our coaches coming to to work you out? Do you feel optimistic about that? Yeah, most definitely. Yeah, uh, a lot of the teams I talked to uh, after pro day already uh, are about to schedule um, interviews and things like that with my agent as well. Um, so, I mean, I had a handful of teams that came up to me and said they they have uh, opportunities to get on the Zoom call with me uh, with their online coaches and things like that. So, uh, yeah, I'm pretty optimistic. I've had, I've had plenty of opportunities for that. Todd says, Jerome, appreciate your hustle and your contribution to the success of 2022. Of course, Todd, a Tennessee fan watching right now and uh, a Jerome Carvin fan. Jerome, some of that feedback that you have gotten and received from these teams, does a lot of it have to do with your ability to play all three of the interior spots, both guard spots, being able to snap the football? When I think of an NFL roster, right, I mean, you only get what, 53 spots, I think, and uh, your ability to play three of those spots I feel like would be critical into making a team and obviously being a draftable player at this point. Yeah, that's that's probably the main thing every team has uh I talked to has uh, brought up about me. Because, uh, you know, and you draft me, you get three positions in one, you know, type deal. So uh I mean it's huge as well as how you know how the NFL works. Like you just said, uh it's only fifty people who can uh, you know, active on the roster, as well as like only I was I wanna say like only seven offensive linemen travel for a game, you know, they actually just dress out for a game. So uh you know, of course, you got your five starters, and then the other three guys are got to be able to play multiple positions because you know you never know when what happened in the game. So that's probably the most, and I guess for me, the most important thing I have to prepare for, as well as uh, showcase what I can do, and uh, probably the best thing I can do, honestly, uh, just my versatility, being able to play uh, all three positions without drop off. So, 
Jerome, what what has what has playing for Glenn Ellerby the last two years meant for you? I mean, you, you played before he got here. I'm not, I'm not suggesting that you didn't, but but there was another gear for you, and I think part of that's in the natural maturity. But for whatever reason, it seemed you and Darnell in particular, a couple of you, couple of you guys, really seemed to thrive with change. Change is not always easy. Why did you thrive with the change here, Jerome? What why why did it work for you? Yeah, I would say uh Coach LB was huge, a huge um thing in our success, you know, especially in the offensive line room with me and Darnell and uh, as well as the other guys. Um, you know, he came in, he had a great plan for us, uh, as well as I mean, a great coach really on the field. Um, uh, you know, kinda helped us uh, improve our football knowledge, uh, you know, improve how we see defenses and things like that and uh just little things about that and not even just on the field stuff and off the field things, especially just preaching how to be a man and just how to take care of things and basically how to be a pro, honestly, how to take care of business and uh, be responsible. And so, like, I would say huge when Coach LB got here, uh, you know, he we, he hit the ground running with us. And, uh, you know, you see it paid off uh, as well as, like, you know, see Darnell with a lot of success, you know, me as well. And just the offensive line in general those uh, with everybody else back there. So uh, huge, huge thanks and praise for Coach LB. So. Jerome saw you cutting up with uh, Cade, uh, you know, Cade Mays, uh, a couple mm -hmm. of, maybe it was last week, you guys were at a practice. Of course, Trey Smith was down um, for, for the pro day and other coaches clinic this weekend. <laughs> Having guys recently that you played with go on, drafted, have success in the National Football League, um, was, was that big? Were they, are they, have they been an influential part for you during this process in terms of, hey, look out for this, hey, teams like this, hey, be working on this? I would imagine so, right? Yeah, most definitely. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I definitely lean on those guys, asking those guys questions because, uh, you know, they those they, they honestly just came out of the process, you know, uh, not too far ago. You know, Trey and K, you know, K last year, um, Trey a couple years ago. Uh, so I, I'm always bouncing questions off those guys and uh, they're always giving me tips and, uh, you know, telling me uh, what to look for, what to look out for and things like that. And, uh, you know, kudos to those guys. You know, I'm, I'm glad they helped me out. You know, they're my boys. So, um, you know, it was great seeing them come out and, uh, you know, support me at the pro day as well. So, J Jerome, outside of your versatility, what, what are you selling to teams? Well, if a team says, why should I draft, should I draft Jerome Carvin? Why should it be, be a part of my franchise? What what are you selling about you as a football player that will make you a good pro besides being able to play all three spots and, you know, and, and that versatility? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, I'll mainly say pass protection. Uh, you know, uh, I've, I have excellent pass protection, uh, you know, being able to play, like you said, all three positions, you know, in, in the NFL, you know, it's a pass heavy league now, you know, you got, you got to protect those guys that are getting a big check, you know? And so uh, that's the main thing is, um, uh, I think my pass protection is uh, probably the best thing about my game, as well as uh, just being physical. Uh, my physicality, uh, playing aside, you know, it's it's tough, you know, in the trenches. So, um, as well as just with pass protection, you know, the guys I go against, you know, the competition that I went against, and just the success I had in the SEC uh, is another thing as well. Because, uh, you know, probably since I've been here, I've went against I probably like seven first rounders, interior D linemen. So, uh, and that, well, you know, that's why I came here. So, welcome you know, to the I'm, SEC, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so. Uh, you know, that's teams like to see teams. You know, they know that and they see that, and uh, they see the guys that we go against. And uh, you know, especially this past year, this last year, uh, you know, we went against, we went in the gauntlet. You know, you play against Georgia, Florida, LSU, you know, Clemson, Alabama. You know, so those, like we went against a gauntlet this year with great D linemen, and uh, we had a lot of success. You, you said something earlier, and you said it. I've heard it. You've referenced it a couple of times about showing everybody your punch. Mm -hmm. um, 
does that surprise you that that you felt like that seems like a surprise to me like like maybe that's some kind of question you know or, or teams want to see that like they're really unsure because to me you, you know your punch in the pass sets is, is one of your most the best possessions that does that surprise you that that question has come up or do you think that question has come up or is that just you wanting to show your best attribute uh i'll probably i'll say a little bit of both uh one uh just trying to show off show off my best attribute as well as uh you know showcasing that i can i have it and things like that and so um you know when teams uh and they go back and watch the film um you know because i mean they they got a lot of prospects to watch so uh any chance you get a chance to be in front of them you know try to you know, showcase and see, like, try to catch your attention, you know, and uh, things like that. And so make you make them go back and watch the tape and make them go back and uh, really, you know, analyze it and see it. And, uh, you know, hopefully they'll fall in love with me as well. Jerome, I got one last question for you, man. Um, and I think you actually referenced this the other day when you spoke to, to us in the media after your pro day. Was it the 2020 season you had turf toe? Yes, sir. Okay. So you're going through there. Obviously, the team's not winning as much as you want. Um, you're battling an injury that won't go away that you got in fall camp. You're in and out of the lineup, everything that happened, you know, afterwards and, and then trying to get adjusted to a new offense where you got to be in shape and all that. If you could say something to Jerome Carvin back then, you know, as, as yourself today, maybe, maybe what would that be? Man, keep grinding, you know, keep your head down. Uh, you know, you know, it's, it's tough, you know, it's, it's tough, you know, it's, uh, it was if it was easy, everybody would do it, you know. Uh, I was just supposed to say that and just you know keep the same work at the, you know keep your head down and keep focused. Awesome stuff. Well, hey, Jerome, thanks so much, man. Appreciate you joining us, and um, uh, it was fun watching you compete at the pro day. I think you, I think you did a, a heck of a job, and look forward to continuing to track your process throughout this last little bit of of the NFL draft process and uh, looking forward to hearing your name called, man. Thank you so much for joining us and uh, best of luck to you. Yes, sir. Thank y'all for having me. Thanks, Jerome. Appreciate it, man. All right. It's Tennessee offensive lineman, Jerome Carvin. And I, you and I both kind of made a note on the board and, and we talked about it since. Um, I mean, I, he looked like he had a good day. And, and mm -hmm. again, I talked to him after and I noticed, I'm like, man, you were, you're beating the crap out of that guy with the dummy. Right. And he was telling me, he was like, I got to show my physicality. I have to, I didn't have the combine. So, he reiterated that physicality and that punch to me on Thursday that he did twice here with us tonight. Yeah, I mean, the, the, here's the thing of, that I, I'm a fan of Jerome Carvin. Stand-up guy. When it wasn't going well, he always stood up and talked to the media, right? He always took you questions on days where you didn't want to do it mm -hmm. after a bad loss or, or whatever when it wasn't going well. He stayed the course when the change happened. He and Darnell didn't pack up and leave, which – Look, any kid who wants to transfer has got the right to transfer. I'm not I'm not bagging on a kid for transferring, but those two guys stayed. Jerome stayed. Um, and he was just steady Eddie. I mean, you know, just just plug along, um, play better than he was probably given credit for in, in a lot of ways, Eric, because you know, he's a guard inside. It doesn't get a lot. I, I think an NFL team is gonna get a really good player. Now, is he gonna go drafted high or anything like that? No. But, but I think he is a guy that you're going to be able to get later on in the draft um, that, that you're going to set around after a year of development and you're going to look up and go, you know what, man, we got a ton of value for this because of his versatility, because of what he just said about grinding, because he grinds every day. I, I think somebody's going to, going to come away with that one and say, man, we got a lot of value when we drafted that guy. Um, root hard for him. I think he's one of the good guys. 
Same here. Uh, leader too. I mean, yeah. you, you hear Glenn Ellerby reference it with Cooper Mays a lot, saying, you know, hey, Jerome and Coop, they led that group, and now it's just Cooper. And so, I mean, versatility, a guy that works hard, stand-up guy, a leader. Um, he, he's got a lot of fans here in Vol Country for sure, and I think that wherever he goes, he's going to have a whole lot of fans in that National Football League. Um, we're going to take a short 60 break. Uh, when we come back, we'll discuss a little bit about Tennessee baseball down on the bayou at top ranked LSU. And we will answer your questions. You've been sending them in down there on the uh, comment section. Go ahead and keep them coming. Wait up your questions and talk a little baseball when we come up next right here on the Rocky Top Rewind. Welcome back in the Rocky Top Rewind. Glad to have you on this Sunday evening. Quick programming note. We will not have a show next Sunday night because of Easter. Um, with some family commitments that we have. We're not going to do a show next Sunday night, but we'll be back, and uh, we'll inform you guys here in the next couple of weeks kind of our show schedule uh, post-spring game, post-month of April, and kind of where where we are with things over the course of the, of the remaining part of the offseason. But in the meantime, we're going to take your questions here. This segment, Matt Ray going to join us here in the last segment to talk about Junior Day. But we've got your questions. We're going to talk some baseball as well. I'm Brent Hubs. That is Eric Kane. Before we get into baseball, Austin A. has a question. Eric, any buzz on Princeton fans? Seems like a perfect fit uh, for an H-back, a hybrid H-back in the NFL. Um, I was really surprised Princeton fan did not work out on Thursday. Um, with, with 32 teams there, I'm not sure why. He never really kind of gave me a concrete answer as to why. He said he was going to work out at a later date, you know, this this week. Uh, but I was surprised to not see him work out in front of those 32 teams. He looks really good. And, and I think that he can land in the right spot as a free agent guy and, and end up making a roster or a practice squad and work his way there. Just a little surprised he didn't work out on Thursday. At least I was. Yeah, me too. Um, and, and again, not not knowing exactly what the reason is. Um, but I mean, he, he's always looked like a million bucks. I mean, it really has. And uh, something that we've said repeatedly, you know, this past football season, you know, Josh Heupel, put him in position to be, be a National Football League player. That's for sure. His ability to move him around a little bit, play in line, out of line, slot, H-back, you know, carry the football a little bit. He will never carry the football in the National Football League. But still, uh, his ability showcases his athleticism to do that. Um, you know, he's he's on guys – he's on programs boards or organizations boards, that's for sure. I don't think he'll be drafted. Um, but again – as one of those top flight undrafted free agents, he can have the ability likely to kind of pick and choose where he wants to go and try out. And when you're trying out, you're not just trying out for the the Browns or the Falcons or the Titans or whatever. You're trying out for all 32 teams for sure. So um, hopefully he'll get a workout in and he'll be able to showcase some of that. Um, it was unfortunate not being able to see him catch passes like, you know, Cedric Tillman and Jalen Hyatt. But I do think he'll have an opportunity and I think he'll be in camp somewhere with a chance to, to, to try to make his uh, his name known. Yep, and uh, we'll see how that goes. We're going to take um, many of more of your questions here moving forward, but let's talk a little baseball in this as well. In fact, we'll start with a baseball question. This is from Tony. What's the deal with Griffin Merritt? Seems to be striking out a lot. Is it time to play someone else? Um, Eric, let, let's. you can answer that question and then give kind of your takeaway from this weekend and, and what went well for Tennessee and what it means for Tennessee. I know they didn't win the series, but what does getting to one on Sunday mean for Tennessee with Florida coming to town on Thursday? Yeah, as far as Griff, uh, you know, it's it's tough. It's baseball sometimes. He is he is going through it. Um, I'm, I'm keeping track, obviously, because um, it's it's notable. Um, but it's not a good thing to keep track of. Eight games, he's not he's gone hitless. Granted, uh, the one Saturday he was one at bat, a pension opportunity. 
or Friday. Um, that, those Thursday, Saturday series throw me off. He hadn't had a hit in his last 20 ABs. He's two for his last 30. And so a lot of that's SEC play, and I recognize that. Um, he's the former AAC player of the year. Um, he saw good pitching where he was, but it's just not consistently game after game after game. Uh, Tennessee's not giving up on him, but you can't afford to play him when you're in the middle of the slump right now. But, you know, the flip side is the only way you can break out of a slump is to continue to get ABs. So, you know, we'll see. Um, I like him in the outfield when you're playing at Lindsey Nelson Stadium. I like him more as a DH when you're away. Um, he's not the fastest corner outfielder, but um, he's going through it right now. And you saw with, you know, Dryling getting more run this past weekend. You saw Kyle Booker in the starting lineup on on Saturday. Um, just trying to give Tennessee a chance because they're they're not getting much from Griffin Merritt right now. So no midweek game this week, unfortunately, because that'd be a good time to play him. But we'll hope to see Griffin Merritt kind of break out of that because Tennessee brought him here for his bat. He needs to be hitting in the in the heart of that order, and they need to get him going. As far as this weekend overall, I mean, Tennessee played hard. They didn't back down. The stage was not too big. They showed, I, I kept calling it a measuring stick series, right? Tennessee, in my opinion, showed that they can hang and beat anybody in the country. The talent is still there, but I also kind of phrase it as the coulda, woulda, shoulda series, right? You got one. That win on, on Saturday was huge, and it looked like Tennessee was taking out all of its frustrations in the early going with a combined 10 runs in the first two innings. That was big to see the bats come alive, but also you could have won Thursday. You could have won Friday. You know, you're a couple plays away, and again, shoulda, coulda, woulda, you're a couple plays away from sweeping the top-ranked team on the road, right? And so, again, it's the same things we talk about, the defensive miscues. Thursday night, horrific eighth inning. Just horrific. Who's to know what would have happened if you went tied in the ninth inning? Tennessee might still have lost, but you gave that game away in the eighth inning. On on Saturday, uh, you, the, the defensive miscues in the first inning that contributed to that four-run frame and also... You got Dylan Dryland, Dylan Dryland the leads off, and then he's immediately picked off first base. Then you have a home run. Could have been a game-tying home run, but Tennessee was still down at that point. So the little things will get you beat, and it did against the best team in the country this weekend. But overall, the win on Saturday was huge. And again, it proved to me that Tennessee can can play with and beat anybody in the country if it doesn't beat itself. Yeah, you know, one of the things that, that jumps out to me is – this team has kind of had their back to the wall twice, in my opinion. Coming out of that disastrous Missouri series, how are they yep. going to respond at home against Texas A&M? And then on a bit of a smaller scale, um, after you you know did your part to help give away two games, you're on the verge of being swept at LSU. How are you going to respond? And, and I think this team has responded well in those in, in those two opportunities. The question is, how how much are they going to continue to grow? I think the bats are starting to come around a yeah. little bit. I think they're pitching it better than they're getting credit for. Um, they just got to have some help around them, and, and they've got to do the little things. They've got to turn the little things into routine things. Uh, if they do that, then they'll have a chance. If they don't, then they're going to find themselves um, in some tight spots because I don't think they're going to get 10 runs in two innings in a lot of SEC games, right? I mean, I don't. I don't know that you're going to jump out 10 nothing in the first two innings uh, many times, um, but we'll see. Um, I, I think we all knew, and, and, and Michael talk, talks about this in the question he asked or, or the statement he asked. I mean, um, you knew there were going to be growing pains, right? Yeah. Tony Vitello said in the preseason, Eric, it may take us till May to figure out our lineup. And, and it probably is at this point, right? Yeah. That's kind of what it feels like it's going to be. So, 
Um, I, I don't think there's any panic there. It's, to me, the question is how much does this team grow over the course of the next two to three weeks? Um, what was, was the Missouri series simply we hate cold weather, just like at Kentucky a year ago when that was a disaster? Um, you know, we, we'll see. I feel like this team's starting to kind of find itself a little bit. Maybe that's a bit of a much, a bit of a stretch, Eric, but it's sort of – I kind of get that feeling, but that's just me. Well, I mean, you look at the lineup. I mean, Maui's really settled in at the leadoff. You know, Blake Burke is – you saw him hit fifth on uh, – I guess it was Saturday's game. Um, he's not hitting it as well, but you know Christian Scott is a starter for you now. That that's for sure. Hunter Inslee is a starter for you right now. You know both of those guys. I would not have said that two three weeks ago for sure. Um, that's what we know. You know, especially with Griffin Merritt still struggling. You know, Kyle Booker is giving you a reason to say, hey, 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 Kyle Booker's here now. You know, but he did that against Gonzaga, and he's done that plenty of times the last couple of years. So, you know, we'll see. Starting pitching, you know, these guys are studs. You know, Tony Vatello. Really, it was a minor league game on Thursday, if we want to be honest. Paul Skeen's on one side, Chase Dolander on this side, uh, Seth Halverson coming in, finishing the game for Tennessee, uh, Chase Burns pitching the next day. I mean, it really was, you know, future big leaguers, as Tony said. You know, starting pitching wasn't horrible this weekend. And again, this is the best offense in the country, in my opinion. And Chase Dolander was fantastic at getting out of jams on Thursday night when he didn't have his best stuff. But you've still, I mean, you got to go further in games. This bullpen was incredible this weekend. It's been good all year. But you can't expect your bullpen to bail you out of every single game. I mean, you had Bean that went four innings. You had uh, you had Burns that went three and a third. You had uh, Dolander that went four and two thirds. I mean, you, you got to go further into games. And, and it's been, the pitching, it's not been horrible, but it's been a little inconsistent to start Southeastern Conference play. So, Again, great test. Um, it's not going to get any easier, right? I mean, you've got – you come back, you got Florida this weekend. You're at Arkansas. You come back, you got Vanderbilt. So um, some questions are being answered, but still trying to figure itself out because, again, there's going to be a whole lot of growing pains and trying to figure that out with Tennessee. But the talent, it's definitely there. All right, one more baseball question, and then we're going to get Matt Ray in here to talk a little recruiting and answer your football questions as well. Herb wants to know, where has Bacchus been? Is he injured? Um, they're they're – uh, I guess sophomore outfielder. Um, what's the story there? Yeah, uh, c- coming over from Walter State, and um, he's you know just it's an adjustment to Southeastern Conference play, and so you know he's he's going to take this year and try to focus on himself and 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 train and practice and redshirt and you know hopefully uh, he can help Tennessee in the outfield next year. But he's he's not really on the active roster right now as he continues to try to work his game to give you something in the future for Tennessee. All right, then, Sam, your question before Matt comes on here. Why is the SEC office looking at making South Carolina a permanent opponent and not Kentucky? Um, that's just one of those things that they're trying to figure out the competitiveness and make it as balanced of a league as they can make it. Um, and when you talk about the three teams that are in there, um, we'll see what it ends up. I, I, we've talked about this on other podcasts. Somebody's going to be mad. Um, we'll see who wins. Uh, we'll see who wins the debate. Uh you know, on a lot of things with scheduling, because that's that conversation is heating up now and will continue to remain heated, I, I think, um, throughout the month, month and a half before to, teams go to Destin for spring meetings. So um, it's a balanced thing that the SEC is trying to figure out where that balance is. And I don't think anybody knows what that balance looks like right now. Um, and whatever balance they think they come with, somebody in the 
and the group of 16 is going to complain about the balance because they're going to find it out of balance in some way, shape, or form. Uh, speaking of balance, um, let's bring in some more balance here. Let's balance the scales with some recruiting talk, and we'll bring in Matt Ray. Um, Tennessee had a bunch of guys on campus on Saturday. Matt, that's that's the kind of day that everybody talks about. When are you going to get the when are you going to get the rewards of of last season? When are you going to start to see those things? I won't call it a who's who, but that 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 day was in the caliber of what you're looking for and, and compare it to, to some other teams out there yesterday in terms of the talent that was on campus. Give everybody a big picture kind of feel for what you saw out of Tennessee's day of unofficial visitors on Saturday. Yeah, I think you touched on this. That's where you're starting to reap some of those rewards that I think everybody's been wanting to see, you know, Things got kind of slow coming out of January. You go into that February dead period, March, you get things rolling. But yesterday, it was big-time guys everywhere you looked. You know, every kid we talked to there at one point, it was like it was a top 175 uh, guy. So, you, I mean, you had kids in from across the country that were here for 7-on-7 seven seven with their, you know, teams, kids that were here from across the country just because they wanted to get out here and see more of Tennessee I thought overall a really productive day for Tennessee when you start looking at the guys they had through campus, some of the big-name guys that they were able to get a lot of face time with, show how things work in practice. Brandon Baker, number one offensive tackle. Jaden Riddell, number one tight end. Williams Winery, number one defensive lineman. So that kind of, for me, that kind of tells you the direction of the day that it was yesterday. And then you have other guys, you know, throughout the day that are really good that were on campus. Caleb Odom. Highly rated tight end, um, Kellen Lindstrom, really highly rated edge from Missouri, uh, Brian Robinson, highly rated edge from Ohio. All those guys that Tennessee have, has quietly done a good job with. Uh, you know, Boo Carter back on campus. Tennessee still in a really good spot there. Overall, just a really good day for Tennessee yesterday. Yeah, it certainly was. I, I want to ask you specifically um, about the Riddell kid. Um, Kind of your takeaway from from that, and where do you think Tennessee might stand w- with him after this visit? Um, I can tell you this, in talking to his mom, she seemed to like Tennessee a lot. But where where do you think that one stands right now? You know, I think I think you know there was some concern there from the people over on the generals' quarter here that he's had a good visit coming out of Georgia, and that's you know unsurprising. You know, Georgia's done really well at the tight end position over the last you know few years, and Todd Hartley is a great recruiter. They got down there and were able to check that out. But I think, again, Tennessee's been in a good position here for a while with Jaden Riddell. He was back on campus, had, you know, a chance to sit down with Alec Ablin face-to-face and get some of his questions answered. And I think the Vols left still in that same really good spot. He's going to be back for a summertime official visit. And Tennessee's deep in that recruitment. And I think he sees the vision, you know, for the tight end position, the need that they have uh, – at the tight end position in this class, the chance to come in and be, you know, an early contributor in that room. And Tennessee left, I think, I think he left Tennessee um, still very high on the balls. Matt, I'm looking over here at the, uh, the front page of the site, you, you Brent, AP, nine articles up from uh, recruiting just from yesterday. You got plenty more to come this week. Um, excellent work. A lot of stuff happening. Just shows how big of a weekend it was as Brent was talking about, the guy I want to know about, and there's plenty to get to, but uh, tell me about 
the Georgia offensive tackle Daniel Calhoun, a guy that Tennessee is so high on and was back on Rocky Top yesterday. Yeah, Tennessee putting a lot of effort into Daniel Calhoun. And he Daniel Calhoun's a, a tough recruitment to track because there's a lot of variables in play there Yeah, in that one for me. There, there's some Alabama legacy there. He's had some family that went through Alabama. He's been there numerous times. Um, he is from the state of Georgia. Georgia's heavily involved with him, and anytime they're heavily involved with an in-state kid, they're in play. But then also at the same time, the family – the kid, they love the culture fit and the offense at Tennessee. So there's there's a lot of different variables working in that. And the more you talk to him, the more it feels like it really is those three teams with some outliers. He's trying to settle in some official visits. Miami's come into the play a little bit. Ole Miss a little bit more. Auburn a little bit more. But I think it's probably still Alabama, Georgia, maybe pacing the way. But Tennessee still right there in the thick of this thing will get that summertime official visit and have a chance to sell Daniel Calhoun on why he can come in and, and be a contributor at offensive tackle in that offense moving forward. He's got a, a laid back kind of demeanor. He, he seems like a kid that has connected well with Glenn Ellerby, the family. Um, just, you know, to me, every, every time I've spoke with them, that they love the culture at Tennessee. So I think that gives the Vols a chance to stay in this one deep and until the end. Yeah, it's interesting. He's going to see Miami and Alabama unofficially before the end of spring and then circle back around for those official visits, as you mentioned. This is the trend. I mean, this is where this thing's going. Those summertime official visits um, are the ticket now. I mean, it, not a lot of kids are going to wait till the fall and, and take multiple visits. So we'll, we'll see what Tennessee can get done with there. The one to to me right now that's hard to get to kind of figure out timeline of where you're going is Boo Carter. Um, Matt, Tennessee, you keep hearing Tennessee's in good shape. They've been in good shape there. They remain in good shape there. But 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 what what's going – I mean, like where, where is that when you think after visiting with him this weekend? You know, it, his timeline's been all over the place since October. You know, it mm-hmm. seemed like there, there were times that it could end – or at least a commitment. I shouldn't say end because it's not going to end until, you know, he signs his letter of intent most likely. But it seemed like there were times where a commitment can come anytime dating back to, you know, mid-October, and they have it. He's continued to have either new schools come in and slow that down or choose to slow it down himself and try to get out and see some more schools. Um, he, he was pretty adamant this time around that July was going to be, you know, when he made a decision, I linked. If, if he sticks to that, probably early July. Um, o- over the winter, he talked about maybe wanting to do something around Christmas and, he, and around New Year's. So he's, he's big into the holidays, and a lot of kids are big into those Fourth of July commitments. So if he sticks to July, lean more towards, you know, the holiday there. Um, and he's planning to take potentially a couple of officials and then see Tennessee unofficially in the month of June. So it'll be Ohio State officially for sure, Michigan possibly, and then Tennessee unofficially for sure as it stands. So I, I could see it ending in July. He's going to have a lot go on over the summer. He's going to play on a couple of different seven-on-seven teams and work through some different things at the high school level. So I could see it ending in July, but we'll see. I mean, it, it's felt like it was going to end a couple of times, and it hasn't yet. Talk about enjoying the process for sure. But, of course, Tennessee's up there, and Tennessee's going to be trying to win that one. Hey, Justin sends us a super chat. Justin, really appreciates you and your contributions to the show. Uh, Matt Ray, this is for you, man. How high do we finish with our football 2024 recruiting class 
can you see it being a top five class? That's tough, Justin. I mean, I think at the end of the day, there's, you know, when you start talking about some of these guys that they're in them, the potential is there for it. You know, but it's 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 hard to do. It's hard to predict those numbers and, and where guys shake, it, uh, shake out in the final rankings. But, you know, I, top 10, you know, feels very realistic with this class. And then you have a chance to, you know, if you can put some more on-field success together and, and get things rolling downhill, you can you know, push for that top five range. And it's it's definitely possible. They're, they're in on the right guys to make it happen. Um, but, you know, this early on here coming into the first week of April, I feel like top tens may be a little bit more realistic than top five right now. All right, man, I, there's a lot of guys to talk about from the weekend. And obviously, as Eric mentioned, we've got stories galore up on those guys. Um Mike Matthews is going to be in town tomorrow. I think that's an important one. A couple of other guys on the radar screen here the next week or so that you think it's important that Tennessee gets them on campus that are scheduled to be here. Well, I think, you know, Mike Matthews is, like you said, be be there tomorrow, and, and that's going to be very important as Tennessee continues to quietly be very deep in that recruitment. A kid that I think has a, a case to be the number one player in the country. When you look at what he can do on both sides of the football, it's you know pretty incredible. Um, and so continuing to build that relationship with him. And he he's excited. He's excited to see Tennessee practice and learn more about the tempo and the offense. He's seen it in action through game day experiences, but to really see how things work and how they get to that point, that's something that Mike Matthews is excited about. The other guy for me in the coming week going to be up over Easter weekend is Sammy Brown. You know, I think it's going to be important for Tennessee – to get Sammy Brown on campus and have a lot of time with him, have a chance to sit down more one-on-one with him and see where things are at for him. You know, I, I think, again, when you look at kind of what he did over the winter and where he's at, he hasn't, you know, taken many visits here in the spring. Where is he going to go coming out of the month of April once things, you know, start pushing? Where does he go when he can start using official visits? It's going to be a really good opportunity opportunity for Tennessee to gauge where they are with Sammy Brown and Georgia and Clemson are, are heavily involved and it feels like Oklahoma is going to be in it until the end as well. The Vols have ties with the family there and you know, being in East Tennessee and we've talked about that a pretty good bit so we'll see how big those play but for him to get back to campus for the first time I'm thinking since October I'm thinking the Alabama game I know for sure the Florida game and I think he was back for the Alabama game in October Going to be big to see where they're at with Sammy Brown. That's that's one that I'm interested to see as the week plays out. Matt, is that one real? And, and maybe we don't have that answer until after he does get in for sure to kind of see where things stand. But for the longest time, it's, yeah, I like Tennessee. I like Tennessee. But everybody's kind of saying, but, you know, he's not going to be at Tennessee. Is that one real? Yeah, I do. I mean, I do think it has a chance to be real, Eric. I think he's a kid that as things – I think he takes things step by step, but I think as he does so, like he he really you know pushed things off during his wrestling season. He he wasn't big on things during his football season. He tries to to put his energy into everything that he's doing, uh, you know, hundred percent at that time. And I think when it comes time for him to really do that, I think he's got the support group to go in a hundred percent and make what he feels like is the best decision for him. And I think he, you know, understands that there's an opportunity at Tennessee, um, but the Vols, I, I still think are chasing there. You know, at the end of the day, I, I feel like Clemson right now is, is the leader and Georgia and Oklahoma are just as much a play as Tennessee is. All right, man, let me ask you, let me ask you this one. Of all the guys that uh, you spoke with and we spoke with yesterday, 
Who Tennessee made the biggest move or the biggest impression on who yesterday or whom? Um, I, I'll go with Kellen Lindstrom, the, the edge from Missouri, as far as the guys that I spoke with. Um, I know AP spoke with, with Jaden Riddell, and he felt like Tennessee had done a really good job there more. Um, but, you know, talking to Lindstrom, Tennessee's been pretty heavy on him since they offered um, in the winter, and he came out with his dad. They got a lot of FaceTime with Mike Eckler um, and got to see campus. And, you know, basically uh, what he told me, um, and when I talked to him was this is kind of like the, the city and the area is like a better Missouri. Um, you know, he said it, he compared it to Springfield and, and he loved, even though the wind was crazy yesterday, um, you know, and, and the weather the day before was bad. He loved the weather. He, he was really high on Tennessee coming out of the weekend. So for me, I think they, they made the biggest move probably with him in terms of the guys that I talked to, just because he was able to get here. He was able to get a lot of those questions answered and he was able to you know, really get a feel for what he's been being told about. All right. They, they, they've had Williams – no, no, I'm going to mispronounce it. Nawari. Number one defensive lineman in the country is how right. I'm going to refer to him. Yeah, the number one defensive <laughs> lineman in the country has been on Tennessee's campus more than once. Yep. How how real is that thing with, with him and Rodney Garner? Where, does, where do you think that is right now? Because when you're the number one defensive lineman in the country, you can go anywhere you want to go in the country. Where do you think that is after he's made a couple of visits here? Yeah, he's a freaky talent. I mean, when you, when you just look at him – you know, on the hoof, he's he's a guy. I swear his arm, his wingspan's incredible. He's he's uber athletic. But uh, Tennessee, you know, uh, it feels like they're going to get an official visit for him. Feels like he wants to be an SEC kid. But with that, Oklahoma's heavily in play now. By the time he gets to campus and, and is going to be a contributor, the Sooners will be in the SEC. So. It, you can you can factor that in. Oklahoma right now has made a good impression on him, but he's big on culture. He's looking at a lot of those things, and that's why he's heavily considering Tennessee. Every time I've talked to him over the last three months, really since before he got up here the first time in January, he's always talked about the energy that he has received from the Tennessee staff when they recruit him, and that's something that stands out to him. Now, like you said, you can go anywhere as the number one defensive lineman in the country, and most anywhere you go, you're probably going to receive some similar energy. But as he's trying to balance things out, he does feel like the energy that he's receiving from the Tennessee staff is real and genuine. And, you know, we'll see. I I think it really, for him, you can tell if it's real if he starts to schedule that official visit. If you can get him out here for, you know, a multi-day stop, family out here with him, I think you have a chance. I think he's a kid that's trying to go somewhere and be developed. He knows he's going to add to his frame, and as he does so, that there's plenty of things that he can improve, and I think he sees that with Rodney Garner. All right, Matt, last thing I got for you. Uh, Brent asked you about uh, a big-time recruit that's going to be on campus here in the next couple of days. Um, other big names who are going to be making their way to campus over the last two weeks of spring ball that you know of, and of course, there'll be m many more names that'll fall in. You'll get more information, but some big-time guys who are planning to come back to Tennessee before it's all said and done uh, here in spring practice. Yeah, Kevin Haywood, you know, offensive tackle from Pennsylvania, he'll be back. Tennessee's continuing to work that offensive tackle board, you know, and, and something we've talked about is they're in on a lot of guys right now um, at that position. That board's expanded a lot. That tied him, in. Yeah, and tied in. Both of those positions have expanded a lot um, since January, really mid-January. Haywood was here to end January um, with his family. He'll be back again. Um, so I think this is an important visit. Penn State, you know, has been 
heavily involved with him, but he's interested in the SEC, likes Quinn Ellerby. So those, you know, those those are some things that has Tennessee involved in this one. Now. You get him here, impress him again, you try to get him back over the summer for an official visit as he wants to make a decision sometime in the fall. And then Jordan Ross, um, you know, that, that's a guy who, you know, I can't remember, SCM Vol, SMC Vol, you know, ask about him on the board the other day and, you know, felt like maybe we didn't mention Jordan Ross quite as much. But, again, Jordan Ross is a quiet kid. Um, he's had his recruitment planned out pretty much step by step, so there's not been a lot of changes with him. Um, he was here in January. He really likes the relationship that he's built with Rodney Garner, Josh Heupel. He feels like they're showing him a lot of attention. Um, he's already planning an official visit for June. He'll be here for the spring game in April. So you're, you're continuing to battle for a kid that's really, really good from the state of Alabama, and we know how hard it is to pull kids out of the state of Alabama. But Tennessee's done a good job there, and it will be a contender until the end, um, no matter what happens for Jordan Ross, in my opinion. Well, recruiting never stops. Plenty of recruiting coverage. Already nine articles up uh, at VolQuest.com from uh, the recruiting weekend from Tennessee this past weekend, and there'll be plenty more this weekend, more names coming on, a couple more weekend visitors, AP, and uh, Matt Ray right there are all over it, doing fantastic work. Spring practice continuing on. Tennessee baseball, uh, Tennessee basketball, some transfer portal news. Brent Hubs, there's no better time to uh, join us over on the General's Quarters and EvolQuest.com than right now. It might be the off season, but still uh, no shortage of news, that's for sure. No, there is no off season. And uh, obviously, if you listen to Matt for the last 15 minutes, you want to know what's going on in recruiting. He and Austin have it covered. Uh, hop on the message board, ask questions away. Those guys will get the answers to those questions and uh, we'll get, uh, we'll engage with you on the message board. We'll continue to bring the le- very latest in recruiting. Uh, as you mentioned, the transfer portal, when basketball is going to heat up hot and heavy, we'll have all that coverage for you. And Tennessee back on the practice field Monday morning. Uh, we'll have full coverage of that. Mike Matthews is in town, as Matt mentioned, scheduled to be here. We'll have full coverage of that. Um, so lots of things going on, um, right now. And obviously throughout the, the week this week to get it started. So be sure to check us out at fallquest.com. We got the Monday night chat coming up tomorrow night, 10 o'clock Eastern time, Fallquest podcast on Tuesday, mailbag podcast on, uh, on Thursday. And of course the war room coming up on Friday. You got something else, Brent? Nope. That's okay. it. That's good. Got, got a little feedback. Anyway, hey, just a reminder, we will not have a Rocky Top Rewind next Sunday night. Happy Easter to you and yours. Uh, but as always, thank you for joining us here on the Rocky Top Rewind, VolQuest.com.